Danita Stokes, president of HAG. It's bad enough that Sega Genesis has the most 16-bit games, but this new Sonic the Hedgehog, oh, he really duffed my doilies. They say he's incredibly fast. Well, what's the hurry, mister? Hmm? And about his attitude. Smarty pants. Why can't it be more like that nice boy, Mario? Oh! Little brat! Now, get Sonic free when you buy a Sega Genesis system at its new price of $149.99. One of the broccolis, maybe Barbara, probably Barbara, was watching Remington Steel and went, that guy's handsome. Uh, <laughs> I would fuck him. Let's make him Bond. Like, that's how it yeah. works. I think that's some old British lady just watches One like, of the broccolis. TV, yeah. gets horny, and then that's how you get James Bond. Every time. Every time. Hey, I well, just made uh, that up. we should probably start the show. We should probably get started here. Uh, uh, this, is, this is a very special struggle session uh, uh, because we're going to be talking about well, I guess a brand. I guess we're going to be talking about a brand, uh, uh, but also a character that we all hold near and dear to our hearts, the the wonderful Sonic the Hedgehog. But before anybody, you know, just starts talking, uh, uh, because I'm sure we can all talk about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog infinitely, um, we should introduce ourselves. Well, this is Struggle Session, and I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown, and uh, this is a white episode because Leslie is doing a special bonus, sorry to bother you, extravaganza, and if you subscribe at patreon.com slash struggle session, you'll get that. That's Leslie. It's going to be a good Bru- episode. Yeah, it's, it's Bree Joy Gray from The Intercept, and it's T. Ricky Rawls from Champagne Sharks, and uh, we uh, we are not invited to that one. But yeah, as they, a, they as wouldn't a, let us on that episode, and so yeah, we decided that- the best thing we could do is the whitest episode we could possibly do and, and gather uh, uh, four whites together to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, yeah, why not? It is uh, deeply funny to me that um, sort of the, the extension of, of being extremely woke is to do an episode with only white people. I feel we are, <laughs> we are all about inclusion here at Struggle uh-huh. Session. And you so must do one for, one for each. That's the way it works. Separate but equal. Yes, mm-hmm. a truly beautiful thing. I like Sorry to the Bother You, the, by the way. The, Good movie. The all-white episode is uh, off to a great start thus far. We've already said <laughs> separate but equal. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, the, welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, <laughs> great. I am, I am John Daniel Brown. Hedgehogs. Is diversity really the strength right. of Sonic's uh, fandom? Yeah. Uh, no, actually. Well, honestly, it's better yeah, just to have the, three of them. The, le- the fewer friends, the better. But yeah. we'll get into that later. Uh, um we're joined today by Abby Denton. Thank you for being here, Hello. Abby. Uh, and of course, by a, a, a man and more than a man, a brand and a guy that made a bunch of stickers and stuff, but also a very talented writer and funny guy, friend of mine, Van Robichaux. Hi there. Thanks for coming on, Van. We love you. Oh, thanks. So today we uh, have a lot of exciting things to talk to. But the first thing I want to do is just uh, I want to just talk. What, what is your favorite zone track? In all of the Sonic games, and well, the, zone track, zone track. Each you know, because zones got their own music. So, and, and I'm I'm having a hard time because I'm stuck between uh, Hilltop Zone and Sonic Two, and Ice Cap Zone and Sonic Three. Those are the two that I'm hooked on and have been for. As long I know as that I Ice Cap remember. Zone is like is like the cool one to like. That's like the one I see come up more and not more often that people are like, Ice Cap Zone, that's well, that because shit. because Michael I mean, Jackson I wrote it. No, 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 no. That was the... written by the Jetsons. Have you have oh. you heard the original? That that was the one that, um, like, one of the sound recorders had made this for his band in the 80s, the Jetsons. And I'm so sorry. I just got really excited when you mentioned the the Ice Cap Zone because that, it, it's a really good song. Like, it's on YouTube if you look it up, the Jetsons with a Z for some reason. Um, J-E-T-Z-O-N. Huh. But but yes, the Michael Jackson story is very funny, and you should go on with that. I'm so sorry. Angel Island. Angel Island was definitely Michael Jackson, and I believe so was uh, Flying Battery and a Launchpad Zone. But there's a great YouTube documentary that breaks down, which is a rare thing to say out loud, a, a great YouTube documentary, but there is. <laughs> yeah, it's about that the, breaks uh, down the 9-11 the entirety. attacks and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's called Loose Change, Michael Jackson, Sonic 3. <laughs> uh, no, uh, 
Okay, so I was wrong. I was wrong. So, I, so Sonic, the music in Sonic has always had a special place in my heart. And for some reason, it stuck with me more so than Mario music, which I know is controversial. But just the, the poppy, energetic, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it, it is dance music, right? Like, that is yeah, what we're I dealing mean, with I mean, here. Look, I mean, if I'm, I, I have to say that I'm going to go with a basic pick for mine and just go with the classic chemical plant zone. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'll just go with the the obvious pick there, since we uh, and we might as well just round it out. Uh, 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 Abby Van, uh, what are your favorite uh, zone tracks? Well, I was actually going to say Chemical Plant Zone, so I'm going to switch to Flying Battery Zone. Um, but I want to ask a question: Are we limiting ourselves to the like kind of uh, the early Genesis type game, like oh, real zone track? Type songs. No, or... if you want to do like Escape from the City from Sonic Adventure <laughs> no. Two, man. Okay, I like, want to. I, I just wanted to make. Well, I don't think it's necessarily likely. I know that there's some controversy about the the Sonic music as it went on, but um, I just wanted to know what the what the parameters of this question were. Uh, wide range. Nope, wide no parameters. Okay. We can talk Any about. We, you know, we got thirty years to go through. Yeah. Uh, Abby, what, what what is yours? I I'm horrified that no one's even mentioned Starlight Zone from the first one. Dun dun yeah. dun dun. That's another dun, one that was also dun, dun, like dun, a like a pop song dun, by some random band. Dun, dun, dun. So they just That's stole something. like all this music's good because it's stolen. Uh, <laughs> they, they paid them. Oh okay, they, they did. I know that the end song to Sonic 2 was like this love song that was like with the lyrics is really inappropriate about a hedgehog and a fox. Uh, like it's Wait, all about really? like yeah like like the, the when 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 Sonic uh, flies out of the death egg at the end of Sonic Two and Tails catches him in the plane like the lyrics to the song they used are all about like the lovers embrace and it's like that doesn't actually seem right. It, it was oh, wait, called, is the uh, song specifically about a hedgehog and a fox? No, it was like a pop song from some uh, J-pop band called I think Dreams. Um, and I think mm. and uh, but it's just like a it's like a very. Very sultry romance song that they use for the ending of Sonic Two, and when you take the lyrics out, it—I don't know. I'm not. I'm not from Japan. Leslie's not here to explain this, so he's the only one that's lived in Japan here. But although Sonic Two was an American game, mostly because mm. it was uh, the Sega Technical Institute that kept things afloat. Uh, it, it's strange that you feel it was inappropriate, though, because I think uh, swooping down in, in a plane to to rescue your friend as he falls out of like the Death Star. I mean, it's very Casablanca. That's extremely romantic. What are you talking Mm -hmm. about? It's very Casablanca. You know, it's not. It's not that it's bad or weird. It's just interesting. Um, I have. Yeah, I think it's good. Actually, isn't Tails supposed to be like? What are their ages at this point? In the yeah, he's like four. In (laughs) In one of the cartoons, he says he's four and a half years old and doesn't know how to write. But then in other ones, he's building planes. planes. He's very smart. He just he's illiterate. uh, He's like Henry in the Book of Henry. He is JJ, like Henry. No the JJ, or sorry, the wow. uh, the Colin wow. Trevorrow oh, classic. I know. I, know. I, I believe there is a canon very... answer that they are fifteen and eight, uh, and that that's pretty unflexible. That's well, because be what Van, they are in, uh, uh, in all of the games. Van, we should say, uh, uh, we should say, took uh, did his time in the salt mines doing a draft of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So I think Van has probably been in, you know, immersed in uh, what whatever the most accurate like corporate interpretation of Sonic currently <laughs> is. Yes, yeah, I have. I I know a lot about what the Sega Corporation believes Sonic is. Yes. <laughs> I I went now? to a uh, I went to a presentation um, that was held by uh, Izuka-san, who is the person who's in charge of Sonic at Sega, called Sonic One Hundred and One where he actually walked me through like the kind of, this is like a presentation they give to you. If you're like trying to make Sonic socks or anything where like, they tell you what the important parts of the character are (laughs) like, but also like with a, with a a strong folk, like there was a lot of focus on like story, which made sense because I was writing a screenplay after this meeting, but I think this is the same meeting that they give for just everything. (laughs) You know, it's an interesting thing because Sonic Mania really is the best Sonic game to come out in 20 years, and it's and it's made by fans. It, the fandom behind Sonic gets Sonic more than the people who make Sonic get Sonic. Well, a lot of this a lot of this has to do with really complicated Japanese business practices and business structures. Um, that it's like get the the process of projects moving through the Sega Corporation from my little 
experience working with them is like a, a labyrinth that as insane as as the things I normally do working for Hollywood companies are, uh, it's like 10 times more insane. Right. It's, it's a Japanese business. I imagine, uh, like any form of global capital is a Kafka esque. Yes. Crazy nightmare. Uh, anyway, go on. Did, what, did, you know, do you remember we went to E3 and we, uh, a few years ago and we met the, uh, the really, the really nice woman who worked for Sega and was the Sonic social media head and then they just they just replaced her a few weeks later well and i think what actually ended up happening is that part of sega of america that she worked for their jobs got replaced by uh, sega of japan people Mm -hmm. and so then that new regime changed up the social media and now so japan is responsible for like all the sonic memes that that's not america (laughs) Uh, I think a changeover to how like that was running and going from that being an in-house thing to like I think that they then hired someone else. I think that was a decision made in Japan. Huh. That's really. I mean, so can can you explain to us a little bit of how the the weird relationship between Sega of America and Sega of Japan? Uh, sure. So Sega of Japan is a Japanese subsidiary. It was a subsidiary of the Sega Corporation, as is Sega of Japan. And both of them are subsidiaries of something called the Sega Sammy Group, which mostly makes pachinko machines um, and right. has, like, health clubs. That's all the video game companies, That's like Konami. Right? And, yeah. Um, every, yeah the, every video game company, you find out that they just are making slot machines in Japan. And, like, this is just, like, a little side business they do. Uh, uh, but, but the real money is, yeah, just in uh, video poker. Yeah. And so for Sega... Um, for their mainline titles, like this is different for some of the handheld titles, but almost all of their j- developers um, are Japanese. Um, but they have gone through different phases in different eras of having local marketing teams in Europe and in the U.S. Um, and you know, as with any kind of struggle between the the like departments in a company that actually make the thing and the departments in the company that actually sell it. Like, it starts moving different directions, and if something's going well, whoever gets the credit kind of gets to decide how the next projects go. So, as a result of that, there's just been a long-standing feud between Sega of America and Sega of Japan, uh, and Sonic has often been the center of it because he's such a corporate mascot, and so Sega of America wanted to always use him to promote everything about Sega. Right. I mean, growing up, Sonic was everywhere. He was, uh, Sega did not have anybody to compete with Mario. They had Alex Kidd. They had uh, Wonder Boy. Um, they even tried Vector Man for a while, but Sonic was the only one that held up. And it really is kind of an interesting thing to see how one character can be squandered over 30 years because of infighting from business elements. Everyone's always wondered, how come Sega can't get Sonic right? It was very easy to get Sonic right for many, many years. And then, that was a okay, weird well, time to put a rim shot. Oh, sorry, I dropped my phone. <laughs> well, something else about Japanese business that I think maybe a lot of Americans don't realize is, in Japan, you are supposed to join one company and work at that company for the rest of your life. Right. Um, and you're never supposed to leave, um, no matter what. And so it's not like the U.S. where people like, you know, do five years as the head of marketing here and then they move to this place and where that's normal. That is not normal there. And so it causes, I think, these people to behave more like um, like like extended families that have huge, complicated family fights (laughs) Uh, and less like uh, like what we would imagine business people to behave like normally. Right. You're saying that Big the Cat was featured in the games because it's like the Hatfields and McCoy is over there? Yes. Um, I think we should all go on record before we move on because I think we're all sort of just uh, um, dancing around this, but I think we should all say it out loud. You know, I say that on three, we should all say, who do we stand with, Sega of America or Sega of Japan? Uh, uh, who is the, uh, uh, who is, who has, deserves the credit for Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, is that okay with everyone? Yeah, can we sure. all just yeah. go on the record? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can um, do that. And after one. Okay, so okay. three, two, one. Sega, Sega of Japan. Sonic. I rep. Wow. You want to fuck what, what Sonic? Did you say, wow. You want to fuck oh, Sonic? Oh, I, I misunderstood what we were doing completely. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh my gosh. No, 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 we'll no, no, no. We can get there. We'll we can get, get into this. <laughs> we'll it's get cool. There. We it haven't had furries podcast. on the show yet, but as we are a leftist show, we're very inclusive. We allow anybody to come on who... Uh, is is part of a marginalized community, and that does include furries. So uh, yeah, please. I mean, furries are more. mainstreamed now. Like, there's you know, I saw uh, uh, there was a post of like uh, some 
there was like a nine eleven uh uh like memorial of like a, a furry like standing in you know uh, uh solidarity and it actually was kind of touching. I'm like you know what furry's got a bad rap for a really long time. There's no there's there's nothing wrong with being a furry. It's interesting. I think that uh there are a lot of new things that you're seeing online and groups that uh you know like the rise of the of the alt right online uh where furries were one of the first times where a group of people who would normally be embarrassed to collectively like express a belief in public came together on the internet right. and started doing that and uh i think that it's an interesting group to contrast to the groups that do that now. I think at the time, yeah. people were weirded out by furries and ha- like they were the butt of a lot of jokes. They're kind of. I nice. think yeah. In, nice in retrospect, yeah. it's like you know now we're getting Nazis and it's like you know maybe yeah. the furries we were a little furries, hard on as, a as a like, society. Whatever, like it's fine. Uh, yeah, really. That that that's kind of you know, maybe the kind of thing we should be encouraging more. We so, had Richard so- Lotax Kianka on the show earlier to talk about the history of. The, uh, the shitty internet and how sort of so many things that spawned from something awful ended up actually taking over the United States of America. Sure. And uh, sure. I got to say, the, the, the intolerance towards furries probably his biggest mistake because uh, the purging of the furries created a, well, like a bitterness that never went away. And that's why you do have these weird furry Nazis popping up. Well, out there, are, there like, is some crossover, yes. They actually do believe they're persecuted because of their, you know... I mean, and, and you point, know why you don't want to persecute a furry, of course. Well, at this they point, bite, why is that? Why they bite back? They bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point, furrydom to me is like sort of like we have this new thing on the internet where it's not quite a fetish, but it's not quite a hobby. It's somewhere in the middle, like ASMR. Uh, like, is that a fetish or a hobby? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. This is Venn I diagram. I, th- I think furries are sort of in that Venn diagram. Like, you can have, like, you can, like, go out with your family and all be furries, but then there's, like, the furry underbelly. You know, it's like Toontown yep. and Roger Rabbit. You know, go to the wrong bar. <laughs> God, where where the hell are we? Uh, uh, <laughs> what did every What did everyone say when we went on record uh, for Nintendo of America? I or not Nintendo. Sega America. Of America. I said Sega of America. I said Sega of America too because they made Sonic two, and they were responsible for maintaining Sonic's. I mean, we're biased, obviously, but they but you can feel that Japanese cool that you see in in a lot of anime being pushed heavily more and more on Sonic as the character uh, got older. And that means more of, like, the goofy-ass death metal, like, fake death metal and, like, the the, sure. the power ballads and just the, the edgy characters like Shadow the Hedgehog. That all screams to me a, a Japanese company going, Western games are kicking our ass all of a sudden. How do we cater to the West? And, uh, yep. I mean, you've seen Capcom struggle with that. You've seen Konami struggle with that. Uh, the only, you know, Nintendo is one of the few companies to, to truly, uh, and Sony as well. And that's because they have strong American divisions. But uh, I think, Se- I think yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that, uh, that Japanese Sega blew it with Sonic. And uh, But then again, I don't know, because you do see the Sega of America made Sonic games, like post-Dimps, post-the-Game-Boy-Advanced uh, era and like they're not good like Sonic Boom and Sonic Blast those are bad games like Sonic Colors is much better and that's I believe Japanese and same with Sonic Generation so yes who knows it's, it's, it's a very complicated uh, question it, that's why I asked it actually I mean the answer is corporation it's a you know the weird thing is that Sonic is not the brainchild of one person Sonic we love Sonic the Hedgehog so much but Sonic is like a boardroom creation to the core and uh, it is a tough thing to handle because Sonic's an environmentalist. Sonic is against unethical experimentation. Sonic is against big business ruining nature. Uh, yeah. Sonic is uh, very. Sonic Antifa. does have that very. Sonic has that very Captain Planet like '90s like eco friendly kind of thing going to it. Uh, Abby, what? Where? Where did you land? You said you wanted to fuck Sonic, but uh, do you land anywhere on the uh, Sega of America or Sega of America versus Sega of Japan uh, debate? Well, I, I have a Solomon um, approach to this, as with anything. I think we should cut yeah. Sonic in half and distribute yeah. pieces to each. Um, one, yeah, one honestly, half of Sonic will have a hot blonde girlfriend, like the uh, like the Japanese wanted him Marina to have originally, Bubowski or whatever her name was. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was Madonna, and, the other, and then and the yeah, and the other half will call will call Robotnik by his correct name, Robotnik. 
Well, uh, amen. Have the three of you ever seen the Sonic Amateur Gaming Expo? Because I actually That's do think great. that that Sonic should be in the public domain. Sonic is a great example of a character who transcends the business that keeps fucking it up. Sonic has somehow... Sonic, the fan base for Sonic is so passionate. It is not maybe not as big as the fan base for Mario, but you know, like uh, like an edible, uh, it's concentrated. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's Sonic con- Mania was a fan thing, right? Or started Sonic, as yes, yes. So Sonic Mania is the brainchild of a guy named Christian Whitehead, who made a bunch of Sonic fan games. Got hired by Sega to remaster. Uh, Sonic 1 and 2 for Android and iPhones, and then uh, Sonic CD for PC and consoles. And it was, uh, the guy just gets it. He gets the physics. He gets the gameplay. He gets, like, he he knows uh, which musicians to work with. And it was a community effort. And, you know, for a fraction of the cost of a AAA Sonic game, you had the best Sonic game in 25 years. And if you go to Sage, the Sonic Amateur Gaming Expo, you see just the most incredible shit. Like, the, 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 I, I don't know if they're kids. I like. I assume they're now like people in their thirties and forties at this point because they've been doing it for for f- over ten years, I believe. Uh, and like, they just make the coolest stuff. Th- these games are awesome. No other Wait, fan what game is, 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 is this cool. people like. Are they like <clears throat> using the old engine to make new maps or something? Or are these like whole new Sometimes, games? Sometimes, uh, like the Sonic Robo Blast Two, which has been around since two thousand two, maybe and keeps wow. getting updated, is all built on the Doom engine. But there are people that have built their own engines just to make Sonic games. A lot of these wow. Sonic games are made in Unreal now, uh, and then they're all released for free. And Sega which has a very smart... We, we're in a sad time in the fan gaming world where companies like Nintendo are starting to bully fan game creators uh, and, and companies, you know, you expect it from, from the EAs of the world and you expect it from the Activisions and like, you know, unfriendly to modding, unfriendly to fan creations. But, uh, you know, Square Enix has a bad reputation as well. Uh, but but Nintendo starting to crack down on, on old emulators and fan games has been really sad. So Sega because they're in a weak position with the video gaming industry, has never been allowed to crack down on the Sonic fan base because it is so intensive and passionate and organic. It is the only one of the only true organic fan bases left. And it's interesting that a corporate product can have a fan base more organic than the product itself. I have a, I have a, a copyright yeah. story, if that's a, yes, appropriate sure. at, at this juncture, which is, uh, I mean... In 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 defense of Nintendo crushing the hopes and dreams of of children, um, <laughs> as as I understand copyright law, if they don't do that, then they will just lose ownership. That's my understanding, yeah. It's a canard, though. It's not really true. Nobody loses copyrights. Yeah, that actually applies you have to, to trademark. You have to say not like, oh well, I didn't see but, it. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Which then with Sega is especially funny because then they're hiring people out of the community. Yeah, so they can't not be. Steam as well, like, um, you know, Valve doesn't do, Valve, Valve, uh, I mean, they, as true capitalists, they, they, they integrated modding into Steam itself, which is actually kind of a pain in the ass. I prefer Nexus mods, but I digress. Um, it is, in, uh, you know, Sonic really does just bring out emotion. So I, I assume we're all, uh, since we're all older millennials here, we like classic Sonic more than new Sonic, but... Uh, we are putting our reputations at risk. Well, we can't. We the, can't make that assumption. I mean, I, yeah, I, does I actually will like defend Shadow. New? You like Shadow? Okay, I, I have. I have a whole blurb. You were talking about uh, sort of chasing the tale of cool, and uh, in in defense of Shadow the Hedgehog, that's always been the franchise's whole mo. Like Sonic, he's the cool one. Like Mario's always yeah. like perfectly timeless. Like anything there, it's like blue skies, uh, clouds. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. always chasing the princess. Like that's the music is always, as you were saying, like practically the same. Whereas with with Sonic, like the the original Japanese boxes for Sonic were always like the super pop art, like very nineties, like bright colors and shapes, like yeah. the um blast the, processing. Yes, yes, and like the the zone change things were always very sort of like almost a Keith Haring kind of uh, yeah. style. Um, and then they sort of fell off of that a little when they were doing like Sonic Adventure, which uh, sort of went more cinematic. But then by by the mid 2000s like they were doing like the new metal thing because they were still chasing like sonic is modern cool like that's what we're trying to do but then because right. as, as uh, van was saying uh sega has sort of this corporate um uh, pipeline going on um, so that's an interesting you're always going to be a few years behind anyway 
Sonic is almost an avatar for business chasing cool and failing at this point, then. That's a really interesting <laughs> point, Abby. And Sonic from that perspective, like Shadow the Hedgehog is like the ideal of mid 2000s Sonic. Like that's what it should have been. And I'm, I'm proud of it for it. Interesting. You're kind of making the Batman versus Superman argument that the I made. The camera and the game, it's a hedgehog with spin dashes and shoot stuff. It's not, I don't know. I'm maybe. From an anthropological meh. perspective, if Shadow the Hedgehog was good, then it would be doing a poor job <laughs> of, of being is it, is it a coincidence that anthropological and anthropomorphic are, are such similar words? Just just saying. No, they, I, they, they, they come they, from the same base. They come from the same. <laughs> yeah. Van, I would say that uh, my what I heard was that Shadow is actually the third most popular Sonic character, according to their research. Huh. Behind Tails? Is that true? That's what they told me. Who's number two? Tails? Uh, I believe it's Sonic, Tails, Shadow, and then Metal Sonic. Knuckles Metal is Sonic's that far great. behind? Uh, yeah, yeah, Knuckles. I, I, the problem is you have to understand, like, there are people who, especially with a brand like this, Dot, like the knowledge cuts off at a certain point. And so like the numbers for Sonic are so much higher than the numbers for Tails, I'm sure. And then, then it, like it takes a mm. drop off at each kind of like character. Um, right. So Plus, Knuckles has been, you know, not a great character for years. Like if I was, you know, imagine if you were born. That's in, the thing. Like, if you, you know, if even you like the late 90s, if you yeah. were if you were someone who stopped playing the Sonic games after Sonic 2 or someone who started playing at around Sonic Adventure, if you're in either of those groups, which is probably a, a majority of the fans, you had, didn't really have Knuckles pushed on you. Yeah. So why is that? Why? How did Knuckles go from exotic island protector, which is, you know, a goofy trope, to, like, sort of like almost Big the Cat? He's like a weird, like, adventurer, stoner, explorer guy who's just... Shadow. Shadow did it to him. They got, yeah. you know, Shadow was it. Like, Shadow uh, uh, was the third most popular character. And, like, right. where, Knuckles, does Knuckles fit, where does Knuckles fit in this? Yeah, Knuckles not, was kind of meant to anymore. be a rival for Sonic, I think. And yeah. Shadow eventually took that place in the universe as yeah. a friendly rival. Mm-hmm. So what what is uh you know uh, from did did you see the breakdown between the older millennials and the younger millennials Sonic fans like the cla- like are there more people that like new Sonic than old Sonic are we the weirdos like uh yeah there's a ton the uh, what I learned uh, by becoming kind of um you know more involved with the fan community as a result of it just being announced that I was working on this movie is that the fans have vastly differing opinions and they hold them very strongly. Um, mm. There are a lot of people, especially lately, there's a major backlash against uh, stuff from the early Sonic games being reused or repurposed in new games. Um, huh. There's a demand to see stuff from maybe the Sonic Adventure era reused instead if you're going to reuse anything or like a push for new uh, new stuff. Well, yeah, how many times can you play through Green Hill Zone, even in Sonic Mania, which is fantastic? It's like, fucking, again? You know, some of the, now, and some of the fans have been uh, kind of trying to ding the, some of the stuff that's been released for the, from the movie, which I, I stopped working on the movie in, like, 2016, I want to say. Um, and so I don't actually know what, I haven't read the current script, and I don't know exactly what. So you don't know if any of your shit's gonna be sticking I don't know what, I don't know what parts of what I wrote are still included and what parts have changed, um. Uh, there's an, I, I think one, one team and then one other person who came on the project after, uh, after I worked on it. Um, but anyway, the, there, there were some stills released that showed a, a sort of a reference to the green hill zone. And some people were like green hill zone again in the movie. And I, th- like, I sort of was movie. like, it's the movie. Yeah. Like we haven't there. done the yeah. movie yet. <laughs> like I, if it was another game, I would be like, yeah, we're getting real sick of it. But it's yeah. like, you can't just can't like basically not- his house. I can't, you know? can't believe they're not using the giant gun truck from Sonic Adventure 2. Right, yeah. I, the truck that says gun on sure. it. Sure. Or the bat with huge boobs, Rouge. Yes, Rouge. That's what I love. You know, I, when I see bats, uh, you know, sometimes I go to my parents' house and uh, there's bats in the middle of the night. And I think, you know what would be great? If uh, if if they had huge tits, that would be like, wonderful. Like like rouge, like rouge. Think? I want. I just imagine. Can you imagine just the proportions? Like if bats just flew around and never mind. <laughs> what a wonderful world. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, it, it's uh, so so you know now that uh, now that you're off of it, do, do, you know, working on a brand like that 
something that you have an emotional connection to, it must be difficult to see it then go into a direction that you're not sure will be good or not. Um, well, I don't really know what, what direction it's gone in now, so I don't really have that information. In a lot of ways, some things that have happened uh, since I left the project have been the other people working on the movie winning fights that I was losing at the time. Um, for example, ah. I was insistent that, in at least in the American version of releasing this movie, that they need to call him Dr. Robotnik and not uh, Dr. Eggman. Um, because I right. just think it's a better name. It has higher recognition in the U.S. And I just think that the thing to do would be just use his Japanese name in Japan, use whatever you know they what? want internationally in the U.S. where he was that to have him be that. And there was a lot of pushback on that. They did not – it ultimately – I had to like change it in the script. I was told by someone like to find replace, change it to Eggman in the script before it could even be shown to the Japanese because they were too worried they were going to get upset about it. This is disrespectful by Sega of Japan because Robotnik was, I believe, created by Sega of America. Yes. So this sort of revisionist history that Eggman's the real name, it's not the real name, people. Wake up. I don't He's not like called Eggman. Eggman. Eggman but anyway, good uh, name in all Robotnik. of the like announcements about Jim Carrey joining the movie, it says Robotnik everywhere. And considering the way th things were being discussed about that when I was on the project, I cannot imagine that is just like an accident, an oversight, and an oversight that that's out there. Is that I believe that uh, probably um, the director um, once the, he was on the project, that's the kind of thing where it's like it starts to come harder to overrule them. Um, than when it's just the writer. Uh, but I think that battle got won. So in a lot of ways, I there are things that like um, are seem like they're shaping up to be in the movie that aren't in my drafts of the movie, but I would have wanted to be in my drafts of the movie. But at the time I was writing them and at the place the project was in development, that those sort of ideas, there certain ideas become like untenable and toxic in these environments. Well, and it sounds like, it sounds like this was a project where you had a, a lot of narrow paths to walk through. It sounds like there it was, a, it was kind of a tight, on. a tight rope of a project, but, um, yeah, but in, I would say like it was a pretty good Sonic experience. Adventure levels. Huh? What was that? Yeah, like, like, like a few Sonic, Sonic Adventure, Adventure levels. levels. Yeah. Um, kind of on a tunnel, you know, kind of you're just on like a very linear, it, very linear path. Uh, it felt like uh, I was me, platforming and with not reference. a great camera. I, Sorry, I believe Abby, the illusion ahead. should be uh, Arrow the Acrobat who would frequently <laughs> walk on a tightrope. <gasps> or Bubsy. No, yeah, I'm yeah. surrounded no, no. by by Philistines, okay? I'm, I'm yeah. casting yeah. pearls before you swine. <laughs> you're welcome. Wow. All right, so uh, uh, we talked a little bit about old Sonic versus new Sonic, kind of. Uh, we haven't uh, talked about Rocket Knight Adventure <gasps> That's or Rye Star. One. I'm just trying to get Abby excited. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, oh, do we want to talk I, about? Could, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I don't. I, really, just I don't know, uh, I don't following on from talking about old Sonic, uh, before we segue, um, I, I wanted to float forward another cultural theory, which is everyone always associates Sonic with the furry community, but if you really want to mm -hmm. talk about sexual perversion. Uh, Sonic is probably most closely uh, affiliated with uh, age players because everyone who has strong opinions about Sonic, they, they just want to go back to when they were young and, and have everything be just like it was, have everything be new and, and, oh. and sparkling and shiny. And um, So you think there's more crossover there than there is with the uh, the furry community necessarily? You're all adult babies. That's my. I think that's a good theory. Move on. I think that's a good theory. You think you're basically you're saying that if you have strongly held opinions about Sonic as an adult man, that you might as well just sit in a crib in a giant diaper and have someone treat you like a baby. Is that correct? You're already pissing yourself. <laughs> okay. Sure. 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 Okay. Um, well, should we should we talk about the friends? Should we talk about uh, Sonic's friends that he got during the uh, well? Th I guess throughout the I was entire so entire saga, that he had friends. He's got like forty-five <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah. They in so, the I mean, adventure he, era, they they filled out his uh, his world and brought in like uh, you know in a very very um, Japanese IP kind of way. They kind of filled him out in in all of the ways that might exist in other uh, kind of Japanese animes or manga type characters, and they built that out for right. Sonic. I think is. The best way to describe it's it. probably what happened. It's who, interesting. Who would you say is the big the cat of Dragon Ball? The big the cat of Dragon Ball? I mean, well, like, looks-wise, it would probably be Majin Buu. And I guess, like, probably, like, when he's, like, in his, like, fat form, he does kind of act like big the cat. So I guess I'd have to go Majin Buu. The, the dog is froggy. Oh, my gosh, that's too good. 
<laughs> I, I retract it, my objection. Carry on. It, it does kind of feel like Western franchises are beginning to gank that from Japan, though, especially with video games in the era of the hero shooter and the the MOBA. Uh, it does the it does feel like the these like that characters in American animation and gaming are becoming more uh, more anime like or more manga like in their designs and their aesthetics. Uh, are you saying that like? The Overwatch characters are like no better than uh, the Chaotix. I like Chaotix though. Chaotix, Knuck- cool, Knuckles actually. Chaotix is a good game. Uh, it was only on the Sega 32X, but if you have an emulator, you can play it no problem, and it's fun. I mean, it's basically if you ever played the uh, if you ever played the unfinished uh, Sonic One bonus ROM, Sonic Crackers. Sure. Then, uh, then you would know uh, how Chaotix gameplay works. You, you're Knuckles, and you're either Charmy or Espio or Mighty. Or um, fucking, what's the alligator's name? Vector. Vector. Uh, and he's a crocodile. Vector. Yeah, the crocodile. And, and you're, you're combined with these rings, and you just, it, it's kind of like a little more puzzle-like. It's a fun time. What are your thoughts on the heavy and bomb characters, whose entire thing is just like, we'll randomly make the game horrible to play? What, what do you think was the thought process there? I feel the same way about them as I do about the robots in all of the adventure games. Where, like, why am I, like, this robot that, like, uh, E103.7 FM, I'm, like, <laughs> launching, you know, missiles at, at random things, and, like, then it turns out, of course, that I'm three birds trapped in there, like like every other <laughs> robot. Uh, How dare you? E102 Gamma was a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, am I bad? Am I bad for just not feeling it? Like I'm always. I love Big the Cat. What? That was my. Fi- I do. Man, I'm no Big the Cat fan. I like Big the Cat. I like Froggy. I mean, they. I don't. I don't consider them like real Sonic friends. I consider them sort of like pretend acquaintances. Well, I don't know. Like Raiden and Metal Gear Solid Two. They're just. They're just kind of having a side story next to Sonic and Sonic Adventure. Uh, I also like Amy Rose. Uh, I do. I think Amy's Amy Rose great. is fun. She reminds me of like basically, you know, like like uh, I don't know. She's like the Cindy Lauper of Sonic the Hedgehog. She's like <laughs> a, an '80s mall teen or something. Like, actually, if if we're talking about uh, the the best games, Amy, um, in in my humble opinion, the, the 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 best Sonic game is modding Sonic Three to have Amy Rose in it. With the hammer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can get it off of Steam. Like, they, they have workshop support, so you can just d- get the mods easy. And she has the hammer, and it's using, like, the, the early 90s design with, like, the green and the, the orange, which I think is a great sort of color setup. It, I mean, for fruit salad. Um, <laughs> and I, I just thought I'd mention it because uh, no one talks about it. No, no, it no. The Pico Pico hammer is dope. Right? I'm a big fan. I, I think, and, and, uh, but I do think, but but she's like an old school creation. She's like, I, I do feel like pretty much everybody after the adventure era, every new friend has been shit. But does that, does that just mean I'm old? Am I like one of these, you know, like I had to come to realization a, a few years ago that like, maybe I just don't like these new bad Marvel comics that are pretty bad, but also I'm old. Like I'm 30 soon. So <laughs> like, I shouldn't like the Marvel comics as much as I did when I was 15 anyway, even though they are objectively worse than when I was growing up. They are. But still, like, I'm old, so, like, I shouldn't like them as much anyway. So, right. it, it, you know, I, I question this, uh, you know, that's one of the weird things about generations. Uh, you know, the, the Obama millennials and the George W. Bush Clinton millennials have nothing in common when you see it with Sonic. <laughs> I do think that's a big divide. There, yeah, the Sonic fandom so is very split. Because you yeah, grew a lot up of in an like era. The new stuff. Well, the new stuff, like, I guess, what is the place, you know, when edgy becomes less cool, what is cool? You know? What the, should Sonic be doing now? What, if, if, you, if you had. Because yeah, he would tap control. his foot if you didn't move, you know? <laughs> that was the edge. If you, if you had control of the Sonic franchise, where would you take it? I have a pitch. Yeah, That's please. It. Yeah, if, if you want to do modern cool in the same way that, that Shadow the Hedgehog was sort of the ideal, the platonic ideal of, of uh, Sonic in the mid-2000s, I think the Sonic of today would just have sex on, on camera with all of the other animals. <laughs> but, yeah, but, lean like, into the furry thing. Yeah, and it, and it wouldn't be like any specific, like he's is pansexual Sonic now because like you want to right. make sure that everyone can sort of project all of their 
yeah. as, as I say, sort of age yeah, play you, fantasy. You don't so need he, Sega to make that. That's already online. It's, it's not Sonic the Hedgehog anymore. It's Sonic the Daddy. Okay. That's my. <laughs> That's good. And if, if they one. needed like last minute rewrites for the movie, I'm available. <laughs> Throw like uh, pass along the name at least, right? Sure. Ben? Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dust off some email um, addresses. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be you know that could be the cool way to do it. I mean like that does feel like I mean like honestly like. The real version where you did like Sonic, like Archie or something like that, like that actually would be the thing to uh, uh, bring Sonic back, perhaps. So uh, we, we talked about it's interesting you bring that up because we talked about all the way in, I believe, episode, I think it was it episode three, The Last Women Protectors with Nick Weiger. We talked sure. about this, uh, you know, with Ken Penders and his battle over the rights to his Sonic characters. And it's yeah. like one of the rare occasions where the creative. Uh, rights battle feels a little wonky. I mean, uh, it's so funny. He like made all these characters that look like knuckles. Yes, he like tried, made, I, it's like the knuckles. I try not family. to weigh in on this because that that but, he's like a, but, a, a a kind of a disturbed person. But but why sure. is it that Ken, yes. Ken Pender? But the Archie characters are like sonic like nobody you know i can tell you that sega uh in japan that they hate 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 they hate the characters they hate they hate those characters they do not like them they do not want to use them ever or have them used in anything ever Hmm. yeah what princess sally has never been in a game they were created they were created in america by people who don't work for sega and so that sega has zero interest in them ah interesting uh, so, like, as much as they don't like, like Sega of America stuff, that this they are like this they don't even like it. They they're yeah. Sonic is an interesting one, and I think maybe it like part of the reason why maybe it appeals so much as a fandom for people is you can even you can find your like weird little subgroup even in the fandom. Oh, for sure, Sonic. Right. Like, like there are the people that love the sad am the side am stuff, and like that's their Sonic, like the the Archie comic uh, Sonic people. That doesn't like really exist with Mario. You know what I mean? Like you kind of like Mario, but it's not like there's a lot of people that are like the like you know I love the uh, what was that what was that called like the Saturday morning show they did? The super, uh, oh, the, the sad am series, Mario the, the, Super Show. Yeah, the Super Show. Well, like, I don't the, think there's a lot of people that are like Captain I'm obsessed with the band. Super Show and only the Super Show, and that's all I like about Mario. Actually, that that's another another pitch I would have would be uh, just get like a like a sort of out of shape wrestler, just like a like a, a like a chubby outfit. party animal, just like wearing like a blue hat, like hanging out with his buddies and being like, oh no, yeah. there's ghosts in the store. We gotta we gotta get a date tonight. Have any of you seen Lasagna Cat on YouTube? That was a uh, sure back, yeah. back when YouTube was fun and the algorithm didn't prioritize only like Gavin McInnes and shit. Like sure, you could have videos go viral organically once upon a time and. Uh, the, the, there was this viral series called Lasagna Cat where it was just these live-action Garfield strips. It's just like a guy in a Garfield cat suit, a guy dressed up like John Arbuckle, and then they just kind of like read the the, the strip. And it's uh, and then there's a weird music video at the end. It's great. Just a just a plug. That's those guys, isn't it? Who who did it's those? Fatal it's like Frame. Fatal Farm. Yeah, Fatal Farm. Fatal Farm. Right? Or Fatal Frame. Uh, no, Fatal, Fatal Frame Farm, is a great game. Fatal Farm is the <laughs> okay. name of the YouTube channel. Yeah. They Fatal also Farm. made that rope. They made a like the fucked up TV show theme I mean, intros, and then and they the did the Robocop, Robocop shooting off all the dicks. Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> that stuff stuff used to go viral organically once upon a time, folks. Uh, folks, folks, that you folks. sound like Trump. Like, folks, we're gonna make it go organic again, everybody. <laughs> make, make content organic again, uh, folks. Can, we're gonna we, get natural shares, folks. The, uh, the 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 scandals at the heart of this industry, like people DMing each other for retweets, because I think it's disgusting and I won't have any part of it. I would rather starve. <laughs> are you kidding? Are you telling me that like a bunch of independently employed people are asking each other to hook each other up with favors because they have no uh, protections and no unions or no system no. that would uh, give them anything otherwise? I I don't know what you're talking about. I think the system works fine as it is. I would love to be exploited, employed by anyone who will take me. Um, so I disagree with you, Jack. I want as to be very clear Jack about that to anyone who's right. listening. I want my, my resume is available at... <laughs> it's a cut point. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about the friends. We talked about old versus new. Kind of. I mean, we've just sort of like uh, uh, touched on these things. But there just is so much, folks. There's so much with Sonic. There's just so much to talk about with this uh, this weird little video game character. <laughs> well, Van, Van, like, 
Let's talk about, I don't want to, you know, I don't have to get too personal if you don't want to, but like, let's talk about the, uh, if you're comfortable, would you be comfortable talking about the process of getting replaced on a franchise script and like what that's like and how that works and how weird it is? Uh, oh, well, uh, yeah, it is weird. Um, in our case, what happened was, um, and this is maybe different than sometimes. Uh, so the Sony hack happened in the middle of this project. Um, and so as a result, the executives who were on the project got changed to be different executives because um, some people moved to different uh, divisions of the studio and um, some people left the studio. Um, and the result was that uh, basically whenever there's changeover uh, inside of a movie studio, the new people don't want any of the projects that were. Um, worked on by the people before them to get made into movies because <laughs> if that happens, it's harder for them to take credit for the success of that project and use that to further their own uh, internal career within the organization. Um, so it's a very regular right. practice for a movie to be moving along um, slowly towards production. And then if there's executive changeover, suddenly the studio doesn't want to make the movie anymore. And the reason is the new executive, while they might, not you know think it's a necessarily a bad idea to make the movie they'd rather make a different movie that they will get credit for um right and and then in the case in the case of the- sonic basically what happened was it started to become we like the the script was in a in an okay place we attached a director um the guy who ultimately ended up directing the movie jeff fowler um and then sony just sort of started to like give conflicting ideas and they it was like so hard to get everybody on the same page between America and Japan to begin with. And then suddenly there were new executives at Sony who were trying to move the project in a different direction. And then that led to basically just sitting there and not happening. And at the same time, the producer, Neil Moritz, uh, decided to end his overall deal with Sony and start a new overall deal with Paramount. Um, And overall deals are these uh, things in the movie business where producers... Um, make a, a kind of a deal to have a limited certain exclusivity to one movie studio. So um, sometimes it's a, what's called a first look deal, which means if you have a new project, you have to bring it to that movie studio first. Uh, sometimes it's an exclusive deal where you can only work with that studio. Um, this one, I believe, is a first look deal, and it doesn't even start until next year. But the result was he started a new relationship with Paramount, said to Paramount, hey, Sony doesn't seem to want to make this Sonic the Hedgehog movie. We think it's a great idea would you buy them out on it and make the movie? And Paramount said, yeah, sure. We'd love to do that. Um, And so they took over the project. Um, The director who came on board uh, when it was still at Sony stayed on board as director. And then he brought on two more writers that are his guys to reshape the script for him to direct. Um, So it was like, it didn't really feel like I was getting fired. It felt like the entire project collapsed and then came back together. Yeah. It felt like you were like in, uh, in the midst of a machinery that was uh, so large that you could never even comprehend yes, it. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and that you were just uh, being shuffled along by forces uh, uh, that, you know, uh, uh, you don't have any control over and perhaps nobody had any control over. You nobody were like a small animal earth. trapped controlling a machine <laughs> against <laughs> your will. And yeah. there is an executive there- at Sony, and I won't say the person's name, who, like, I did get into fights about all of this with, though. And, like, it was, like, it was stressful and uh, and and not yeah. a fun. It's not fun to have that happen to a movie you're working on. Um, yeah. Is it safe to say, just from, you know, the whole, all those steps and everything, and you don't have to answer this necessarily, but uh, uh, is it safe to say that this movie's probably going to suck shit? Uh, you know, I have no idea. Um, I think... I mean, that's like crazy to do all that with a movie. Like, that's too many different people working on a movie and moving it, the movie well, around. Well, it is, everywhere. but it's like, actually it can't be a it good is, movie. But it's actually not that many when you think about it, because uh, the first director who came onto the project is the director who ultimately directed the movie, and that actually doesn't happen all the time. Um, um, especially when a project wasn't it also moves supposed to be the Deadpool like guy that. for a second. No, or he's something? producing it. This guy's like his. Oh, he just jumped on to produce. Well, no, the guy who's directing it is like. Um. He they they have a special effects company that they run together. Blur. Yeah, Blur. Um, mm. And he's like the right hand man of the other guy. And so it's like it, the kind of thing where I don't know that this is the official line that uh, that goes out there. But I think that this Jeff Fowler guy who's directing the movie does a lot of the heavy lifting on all the effects stuff and on uh, the Deadpool movies. That'll be really interesting to um, see. And it's interesting. They did work on the Sonic games um, and did some of the cutscenes. scenes, um, their effects company 
Oh, so it's the, it's the cutscene director? They got the they got the cutscene director to do the movie. Now it sounds stupid, well, it? but it's actually I think kind of brilliant. I mean, I guess maybe it Didn't makes sense. Blur, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like the big thing that got Blur on the map in Hollywood the Dead Island trailer? Did they do uh, that? You know, I don't remember, but they because remember the Dead Island trailer. I know what you're talking it was like about, really yeah. sad. Little girl dies, and then of course the game was nothing like that trailer at all. It was a total bait and switch. Uh, but anyway, as uh, like um, you know, I uh, I went and did uh, I went and did uh, some work, and I can't talk about on another video game movie um, mm. that uh, was uh, at uh, one studio, and it uh, it just finished filming. Uh, now they're doing reshoots, and it hadn't. It it was a pretty straightforward process, and that thing's had like thirty writers, and is going to be a terrible, like terrible thing. I think the Sonic movie's actually been through way fewer writers, despite its like insanely labyrinthal path. Um, so I actually don't know. Like uh, I don't know if all of that will uh, have ruined it and made it impossible. Sometimes that can put a movie into a place where like it's just a it's a losing proposition for everyone working on it and there's nothing they can do and it's just not gonna, possible it's just not anymore, possible yes. anymore to do anything but power just, through it. Um, but I have no idea. It's interesting. A couple things that are interesting. One is it's interesting that corporate consolidation has essentially forced Sega to work with its old rival at Sony to make this happen. I mean the fact that Sega used to be its own console, something we've sort of forgotten. That's not the case. They're just software now. And two, that Sony game, Sony Santa Monica, and all of the gaming studios connected to Sony seem to be more competent filmmakers than Sony Pictures. Because uh, the Sony games over the past few years have really been embracing the, the cinematic aspect. Yeah, I, mean, I would say that from- games are still, like, I'm not sure that the, the Sony games are, have looked the best characters and the best stories still. I think they're very... Uh, they're... I think they're moving in that direction, and I think what they're doing with uh, basically hiring Kojima is definitely a huge step in that direction. You're not you're not stoked for Last of Us, too. I, I just like I. I mean, I I don't even like like The Walking Dead, um, so I I yeah. like I'm not a, a good mark for The Last of Us, but um, yeah, I just like I'm not so impressed by video game storytelling. I think it has a lot a lot of potential. Um, but oftentimes I see it either like, um, like uh, just doing what you could do in a movie. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I don't like about Last of Us and like that style of like, look how much we're like movies. I'm like, well, movies suck actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like video games. Right, better. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get you in our original Sin Two game. That's some great gaming <laughs> storytelling. Um. God, uh, uh, there's just so much. There's just so much with Sonic. Uh, uh, but what else do we have here? Uh, uh, Van's time on the movie. We did talk Sega Japan versus Sega of America. What do you guys think about the current uh, Sonic Twitter account and the way that it embraces the sort of um, uh, uh, the fact that Sonic became a, a sort of online joke briefly at some point? that it now uses that at the centerpiece of its marketing online. Do you think that that is a smart, savvy strategy? Do you think that is, like, kind of sad? What do you think? I think it would have been a solid temporary strategy that you could do for a few months. It's an interim strategy that seems to have lasted too long. It seems like a strategy that a company would do while it was sorting its shit out and willing to poke fun of itself. And, you know, like, it's it's a... It's a corporate self-aware move. It reminds me a lot of when, uh, y- you know, uh, the, 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 the Snickers and soda ads were making fun of themselves like 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, it's a little like Papa John's putting out the ad about the pizza saying the N-word or something. It's like, you know, we, we, know, <laughs> we know that you are, we know that you're comping to it, but where do we go from here? That's what uh-huh. I right. say. That's what I would say to Sonic social media presence is like, okay, so you're aware of it, but uh, what's next, Sonic? What do you think your relationship is going to be with the series moving forward? Because I have mostly, like, I guess I played Sonic Mania, and, and it was very good, but I have dropped out almost completely of the Sonic franchise uh, uh, other than that. Um, Mania's fun. I skipped Forces, the most recent, like, mainline Sonic game. Um, because it, it just kind of looked like a, a lot of the things that it's I don't very enjoy deviant in those art. games. You can create your own friend. I actually think that that is a cool part of it. Um. 
I don't know. I like making them, but not making them. Uh, never mind. Jonathan, do you still play these games? Do you play every Sonic game? I don't play... For, uh, I didn't play Forces, and I didn't play... Uh, I, I, I do play fan games now and then. I Like, there is... Um, there's, like, a Sonic fan game I played recently called Before the Sequel. That was kind of fun. And there was... Um, the, there's just so... I mean, there's literally hundreds of these games. There's a website that's existed since I was... I mean, I've been going to it since I was maybe eight years old. And it's called uh, Sonic Fan Game HQ, SFVHQ. And uh, it's it's literally been... It's literally existed for as long as I've been alive. And they're the ones who sort of created uh, Sage. And I do believe that at some point, Sonic Fan Games HQ... Uh, was maybe like like they they're not they're not like totally like Sonic Retro is a more popular message board now for all the Sonic fans and I just I'm a lurker I just pop by now and then and lurk so I don't I don't really I don't really I don't post but um God this is like very uh, revealing isn't this <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like admitting to a lot of extremely extremely like. This so is your quite, future with the with the the Sonic franchise is uh, still deep deep involvement. Uh, well, I don't uh, with, own like Sonic Underground. I don't. You're own actually Sonic part of the Sonic things. Underground. Yeah, I don't own Sonic things. I don't have like Sonic merch in my house. Like I don't. I should maybe. Maybe I should. <laughs> Which one is your favorite cast member in the cartoon Sonic Underground? Oh man, like that one was a weird one because that was Jaleel White playing Sonic and his sister and his brother all at once. That was like uh, that was the nutty professor of Sonic cartoons. Weren't they like rock stars too? Or yeah, they, they were. They were siblings. They were rock stars, and they, and were, they lovers. were yeah, and they were vigilantes. <laughs> uh, That's the word, vigilantes. Yeah. Yes, vigilantes. <laughs> uh, oh, Abby, man. you, you, I, I, uh, I wanted to uh, specifically bring you on for this episode because I saw uh, you did a great Twitter thread, which was uh, uh, I'm gonna try to pull it up here, but you found all these like you know old like Sonic comics from the UK, and you've done this great thread where you uh, uh, pull out all these screenshots from it. So, so uh, I, I had no idea that there was even this whole other offshoot of Sonic of like the UK Sonic comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I um sort of grew up sort of split between uh, both sides of the Atlantic. So uh, I'd spend a little while every year uh, with my grandma um, and uh, over in the UK, they had a completely, like, like I followed the Archie uh, Sonic comics uh, that we were talking about earlier, um, which I guess were a lot, now that I think about it, a lot like actual Archie comics in that it was all sort of about like, oh, who's Sonic going to go to the dance with? Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of relationship drama in those. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but then, then on the other, the other side, um, from I guess like ninety-one, I guess to uh, ninety something or two thousand, um, uh, the the people who made two thousand AD were where RoboCop came. No, not RoboCop. Uh, what am I thinking? Judge Dredd. Uh, uh, Judge Dredd. Uh, th- yeah. That publisher also did um, a Sonic comic, which was called Sonic the Comic. As if he's some sort of like an anthropomorphized publication, um, or just a, a, a stand-up, or if, if Sonic was a stand-up. <laughs> hey, don't get me started, babies. <laughs> who 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 who's got to go fast? Anyone here? Anyone here got to go fast? This guy knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he, he never leaves uh, uh, long enough. Long enough laugh breaks. <laughs> well, well, every um every issue instead of um. The, the Sonic Archie comics, which would usually be one or at most two sort of stories, uh, there would be like four different, like eight page stories. I think eight was probably the average, maybe high for the average, six uh, page stories from like all sorts of different people from about the same stable as the 2000 AD, like super grim Judge Dredd comics. Um, <laughs> and so when when you get to that, it's sort of it, it, it's a very different style of storytelling where it's a lot more about the ideas because there's not really time to work up into like catharsis or anything. They, they, they'd have all these like huge stories where um, like like Sonic, uh, like when he would turn into Super Sonic, he was just evil. So then, you know, he, he could always save the oh, day, which is but a then cool he'd idea. just start killing people. Yeah. That's a great idea because, you know, Robotnik wants all of the Chaos Emeralds for nefarious purposes, but that puts sort of a, a Tolkien-esque spin on the idea that like collecting yeah. all of the Chaos Emeralds might not be good for anybody. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, that- Robotnik is is the weird part there because there's there was like 
the original Sonic backstory, one of the Sonic backstories while I was researching this series was um, that Sonic came from like a, an enchanted flight jacket from like an Air Force guy. Like while they were making the first game, this is his backstory. There was like an Air Force guy in human Earth who's like wow. nicknamed Sonic. And then like he died, but like his jacket had like a little cartoon of a, of a blue hedgehog on it. And then, like, years later, his widow was, like, auctioning it off, and then, like, a plane almost hit the auction house or something, and and witnesses reported an extremely fast blue blur, like, leaving the scene. <laughs> and it's the most weird thing I ever saw. But then, Bizarre. like, the, the other story was, uh, there was the, the doctor, uh... Very Snyder-esque. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's grim. It's, uh, edgy. <laughs> I mean, I'm and, surprised they didn't have a Wolf Blitzer cameo in there. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, there's other great ones in there. There's uh, there's a very creepy one here called Sonic the Human that I, that I think no. is really great. It's like a little boy who has Sonic hair. Who uh, um, in this in the panel that I'm looking uh, at, it's a little boy that looks like Sonic whose mother is making him eat an egg of some kind. It's truly unnerving. Uh, it's an uh, evil imagery. Oh, yeah, it's an God. evil egg of some kind. Maybe that that's is, a representative that's of Eggman. Uh, there's oh, also oh. a great one. Oh, yeah. One Go interesting ahead. thing about that comic was uh, uh, Sonic's friend who has like his hair has like a fox tail in it. So it's like implied that he's the same guy um, or th- that he's he's like the other universe version of Tails. But that version of Tails yes. is a black kid. So Tails huh. in canon, usually everyone thinks that it, it's Knuckles because all of his music in the in the 2000s uh, was always right. hip hop. But uh, actually Tails who sort of strives to, to fly Sonic's high and has sort friend. of... Van, can I ask you a weird question? Does Sega see Knuckles as as black? Uh, as, like, as like not white? As like a, as a hedgehog or like as an animal of color? I don't think they see the characters as being things other than what they literally are. Okay. That's what I would say. I like think there's no be, racial, like... You would be... Well, but it's just like they, the, I, they would no, stare at you. No, he's an echidna who loves rap. Yeah, he, like they would stare at you and be like, no, he's an echidna. But yeah. what like, is when he's singing along with a rap song, like, are there any words that he like can't? He has to sort of blah. not say. <laughs> well, it's just or such is he a, allowed? If you watch the old Sonic anime in the nineties, he the just the idea of what the explorer was was so much different. Like Knuckles wore a cowboy hat and talked about finding treasure. I mean, there, there's very little consistency with Knuckles' portrait in that last Sonic cartoon. Was it called Sonic Boom? Isn't Knuckles like? 20 feet tall. Isn't he like <laughs> He's huge? the best character in Sonic Boom, by the way. Is he? I haven't watched he's, it. He's, I mean, it. Sonic Boom actually a lot like the um the the Twitter account that we were talking about earlier um it, is like very self-aware where Sonic will just mention like, "Oh, there's a lot of weird stuff about me on the internet. Maybe don't look for me there." And it's it's a funny <laughs> it's a funny show. Is it that's going to be that's going to be the next generation's like thing that the Japanese uh, uh, guys hate, but like American yes, young absolutely. people like like that'll be the next one. Uh, uh, like, you know, in 20 years from now, we will like Sonic discourse. This is what's interesting is that, you know, I asked earlier about what's the future of the Sonic franchise hold for you. And I think what it holds for me. Uh, is confusion. I think that this franchise <laughs> is going to become more and more confusing to me until I die. I think that I'll understand less and less about what the fuck goes on with Sonic and the fandom. Uh, 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 something that I truly loved when I was a, a young man. I think this uh, is a, a pattern you're seeing with a lot of things that were once important to you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, it's what is love right. anyway? But, yeah. but it also is with Sonic so interesting that you have... I mean, look, the relationship between the United States and Japan in terms of trade has changed. And with that, uh, so has the interpretation of how we see, you know, Japanese art and how we look at business. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, technology accelerated very fast there throughout the 80s and 90s. And then we, we, we caught up. And it, it's, uh, it's very interesting. And now we, you know, we, we trade probably just as much with China as we do Japan. And it, it's not its not the same, you know? It was a different... Globalization has changed Sonic, is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's true. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that the divisions between Sega of America and Sega of Japan used to exist so much uh, is because that was in a, a less globalized marketplace. And so, like, Sega of Japan could... Sega of Japan can sell products in America in a way that it used to be like, no, that has to go through Sega of America, and they just get to make decisions. 
Mm. Uh, right. That's why that's why he's called Eggman now. It's just that everyone in the whole line of decision making is like he's called Eggman and no one else gets to say anything else. Yeah, that's the party you know, I, line. I'm going to defend the, the change to Eggman uh, because oh, my boy. dad, his name was was uh, Ronald. But everyone growing up always called him fat ass, and he was always really self-conscious about it. But then, you know, in the 2000s, when they were changing his name to Eggman, which, you know, by all accounts is a, is a, is a, a demeaning nickname, uh, you know, he owned it. And he, you know, he, this is a, a renaissance man who builds an empire Aww. of robots. He identified as a feminist. Like, this is a great man. And I showed my dad, and he was like, maybe I'm not alone. So I think, wow. I think they should keep wow. calling him uh, Eggman. Wow. Yeah. You know, but also I mean, Robotnik, Robotnik's more intimidating, but I get what you mean. But if he can inspire, you know, uh, uh, older men like your father to feel even just a little bit better about themselves, then I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's it's uh, ultimately it's it's made the world a better place uh, uh, to call him Eggman. So, you know, that's what we should do. Thank you for understanding. And uh, yeah, on that note, and, uh, on that note, saying that uh, Eggman is the right name and not Robotnik, which we uh, disagree I think we should, with. No, we, I, 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 I now agree with it. I've changed I mean, my take. Well, that's he's it. a great it's, man. Oh, we love your dad, Abby. Uh, I'll, t- right, I'll tell well, Fat uh, Ass you said that. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, everybody. That's uh, a yeah. uh, a lot of Van, talk about Van, Sonic. Uh, yeah. Uh, Van and Abby, tell us, tell us uh, what you guys have going on right now. Where can we find you? What have you got coming out? Uh, uh, pimp your brand. You can find me uh, every morning. I'll be in the Jack AM chat room. Uh, <laughs> also, you can follow me at, at Van the Brand on Twitter. Um, also, shout out to my boy Vincent from Twitter, my number one Twitter fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll probably be listening to this episode, right? I, I, I think so. Um, yeah, he's a big time Sonic fan, right? Uh, yeah, he's you know he's, he's brought into. <gasps> you still interest. talk to Vincent? Of course, I talk to Vincent. Hell yeah, I remember Vincent. It just uh, took me a minute. I think as Vincent's gotten a little older, he's broadened his interests, but I would say he's still a Sonic fan. Yeah, cool guy. Uh, 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 Abby, do you have anything that uh, you'd like to to plug or promote here at the end of the show? Uh, not not right this second. Tragically, uh, my my Twitter is at m i z a b i t h a Ms. Abitha, and soon I'm going to be posting probably some um, humiliating crowdfunding requests. So, uh, ooh, keep cool. an eye out for that. I'm, that. I'm I'm producing some stuff. I'm uh, I I got That's pots cool. boiling finally. Uh, Very so, cool. So keep an eye out. Please be my friends. Keep an eye out for the uh, for the crowdfunding and crowdfund when you see it. Why not? Why not throw in a couple of dollars? Hey, Van, why don't you give a little bit of money to uh, Abby's thing when it uh, when it happens? Yeah, sure. Whatever it is. Yeah, whenever that is, I'm in. <laughs> okay, Bless great. You. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on uh, to talk with us, uh, uh, and uh, thank you all at home for listening. This is uh, yeah. in another episode of Struggle Session. Uh, uh, we I'm, will uh, see uh, and you that's all it. next week. Uh, thanks for having we'll me, guys. See you next week. Yeah, right. of course. Later. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs> Like what you hear, want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.